0: Welcome to the Dallas Film Podcast, the official podcast of the Dallas Film Commission. Throughout this podcast series, we'll take you behind the scenes, peeling back the curtain on the magic of filmmaking. We'll explore the creative process, delve into the art of storytelling, and celebrate the talented individuals who bring these visions to life. Roll sound. Sound speed. Roll camera. Camera speed. And action. So I'll do a, I'll do a quick uh, intro, and uh, we're actually recording this. So anybody that misses this, we're going to throw on the YouTube channel as well, and then hopefully the audio is good. We'll pull the audio for our podcast series that we're starting too. Uh, so my name is Tony Armour. I am the film commissioner here. I just started in January, and a lot of time I've met a lot of you already. But I'm going to give everyone the spiel all over again for those people that might be that might be new. I came from St. Pete, Clearwater, Florida, where I'd been the film commissioner there for the last nine years. I started a film festival in St. Pete called the Sunscreen Film Festival, and we have our 18th annual festival at the end of April this month. Uh, I've also been a filmmaker for many years, uh, feature films, documentaries, short films, a little bit of everything. Myself, have played a lot of film festivals uh, around the world and so I have experience in the film festival world, which is why this is, a, I think, a, a topic that um, you know everyone's interested in hearing about. And then I'm going to pass the the virtual microphone and and let the rest of the guests introduce themselves and give give us a little bit about about themselves as well.
1: Uh, Hi, my name's Rebecca. Um, I am the CEO and founder of a company called the Film Festival Doctor. And what I do is I'm a film festival consultant and I help filmmakers get their films seen in festivals around the world. I've had quite a few films at Tony's Festival Sunscreen over the years and for a very long time. had films at all the other festivals here as well, so I'm very uh, very excited to have um, so many films there. And, yeah, people come to me with a problem being, I need to get my film to festivals, which ones, how do I do it? And I solve that by putting them in the right festivals for them.
2: Great. And that last thing you said is really (coughs) important, the right festival. Yes,
1: the right festival. Which I think is
2: a big deal. I'm Bart Weiss. Um, I used to run the Dallas Video Festival until I didn't (laughs) 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 for 34 years. So uh, I produced the show Frame of Mind. Hopefully you have a postcard. And a button. Um, the call for entries are uh, up on April seventh, So you still have a few more days. Um, so, um, and I do programming for other people. So I've looked at a lot of short films in my life. Um, anyway, so please, if you have a good film, send it to the, the uh, number on the card. And just realize, in a film festival, you might get 400 people to watch your film. On Frame of Mind, more than 20,000 people will watch your film. And we pay $10 a minute. Just saying. There you go. Right. <laughs> That's
0: better than what Amazon pays for. Uh... <laughs> what do you got on that? Yeah, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry. Sorry, James. <laughs> Don't but, pay But also, <laughs> this is coming up and it's friggin' awesome and you gotta make sure you're here. As right. well as O'Clip. I mean, it's really important to say we have great festivals in this town because we have great people who run them, really great people. who run.
3: Now good. Okay, now. Uh, that's a lot. Um, thank you. If you don't know, Bart is the OG of film festivals in this city, so he was doing it back when it was on film, so that yeah, was good. <laughs> Uh, I'm James Faust, the artistic director for the Dallas International Film Festival, April 28th through May 5th, so I'm a little bleary, uh, coming up in two and a half weeks. And uh, yeah, I have watched. I started out watching shorts, uh, and I still watch shorts from now and then, and I hope to offer insight to this conversation. Yeah, I'm tired, so let's go to him.
4: All right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashton Campbell. I'm a co-director of the Oakville Film Festival, as well as one of the partners here at the Texas Theater. Our festival is uh, June 22nd to the 25th. Um, we are currently in programming mode right now, watching a bunch of films. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I got with that.
5: <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, uh, my name is Merced Elizondo. I'm a filmmaker based here in Dallas. And yeah, just hope to provide some valuable insight for you guys today. Everything I'm going to mention is just based on pure experience. So there's no right or wrong answer, but it's just the way I did things. And I hope you guys find it valuable.
0: Well, you, you cut your bio short there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you tell us a couple of the festivals you've, you've played in?
5: Yeah, um, I, my, my last film is called Mano Zero, Hands of Gold. Uh, played at a number of festivals um, since 2020: um, the Holly shorts Film Festival, um, New Filmmakers Los Angeles, the uh, HBO Tomorrow's Filmmakers Today program. Did a program with the Academy. We did, we did a bunch. I'm very fortunate that we, um, you know, we, we had a really wonderful festival run and got into a lot of great festivals yeah. and, and won awards and got a lot of press. So. Using that lens to try to provide some you know, insight for you guys, but um, yeah, we, we've definitely made the rounds and hope to continue to do so in this next project that I got coming up. I'm,
6: I'm working on it as we speak. so yeah. We yeah, totally. Everything for the pod, right, right, Tony? <laughs> right. Uh, my name is Barack Epstein. Uh, I with Ashton, I run the uh, Texas theater here and we run the Oak Cliff Film Festival. Kind of' as two different. Entities. The Texas theater is the everyday entity that shows movies, has events, has concerts, uh, all sorts of stuff. And then the film festival is just a four-day event run by uh, a nonprofit called the Oak Cliff Film Society. And we also do educational programs throughout the year. Right now we're doing uh, a high school filmmaking program at Fort Oak Cliff in South Oak Cliff. Um, I also have experience uh, from on the filmmaker side. I've had a bunch of films as producer or and or director, I've played various film festivals and various forms of distribution over the years. So uh, I can, you know, from the old days can talk about with why why they used to call it without a box.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow.
0: uh,
6: so oh, could
2: Bart to talk that, a lot Yeah. It. Uh,
6: yeah. <laughs> I, 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 but Bart is the OG like James.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, great. So um so kind of to get started then, let's, you know, we'll, I'll start with the festival, start with the festival side a little bit. So as far as the Festival goes we talk about screening films and films are being submitted, and you can put your program together and you're watching films. Talk a little bit about, I know from you know my experience, you know we'll get 700 films submitted for the four days of the festival, and you can only play so many films in four days. Talk about you know whether you want to reveal numbers or not, but just sort of the quantity of films you get, and how do all those films actually get watched so that Everybody's film that is submitted gets a fair look to decide whether it goes into a festival or not. I'll start with you, Bart.
2: Well, I'm an absolute rarity because I don't have any pre-selection committees because I've been in pre-selection committees and I've seen what the other groups turned down. And I realized that if I had a pre-selection committee, I'd just go back and watch them anyway. And then... <laughs> I would program something that maybe somebody on my board thought was a good film and I didn't think was a good film. So it meant that um, anything that I that somebody submits, they know that I will look at. And that is a really hard thing to do. Uh, you know, your eyes get bleary. And uh, I mean, we can talk in a few minutes about what things you can do. But one of the first things to understand is The person watching your film is not just watching your film, if it's a short. Nobody watches shorts by themselves. You make it as though it's the only thing in the universe, because you couldn't make it if you didn't do that. But understand that if it's for a grant or for a screening, somebody's going to be watching like eight films before that and 20 after that. And so if you come to your mindset as you're editing, that somebody else is gonna be watching a whole lot of stuff, you cut it differently.
3: Anyway. Almost Skip, you guys follow that? We do have a committee, so we'll take uh, in, we'll take in, uh, we'll take in you know, about 1,200, 1,300 uh, screener uh, films, and of that, uh, I'd say 70% of that are shorts. And of those shorts, so we have a screening committee that's about 15 people, and there's about five people dedicated to just watching shorts. Our senior programmer, part of their job is to uh, program the shorts and watch the shorts and run the the screening team. The shorts are scored in Film Freeway. Uh, We also get shorts, uh, there's a a really cool list that comes out of uh, Sundance. Uh, The shorts filmmakers put out a list there that they send out, like, hey, here are the shorts that are playing Sundance, so we'll take those in and and add those in a separate system. Once the scores come up, senior programmer goes back, and they she will watch every short in the festival, and I feel sorry, because that's a lot of films.
2: Uh, (laughs) It's
3: a lot of shorts. I'm watching most of the features, and I'll probably get to now. Back in the day, I'd watch all the shorts as well, but now probably watching 30 shorts a year, possibly, tops. And from that day, then the senior programmer goes in with the other couple other people in the shorts and the screeners and they kind of talk things through and they and they things they take the scores up and then we actually look at you know we look at where the films come from, how many shorts we're doing, are we doing a murder are we doing a horror block? Are we doing a comedy block? Are we doing these things? So what's fitting in these spots? Is there a Texas thing? Put these off to the side. And so all those decisions are made through the shorts team. And once that gets done. I'll go through and say okay who's gonna send me a nasty email so let me look through here <laughs> so I can get prepared and or oh cool that person oh cool that's cool so and then then we uh, program shorts and it was a uh, it was arduous this year because I think we had a lot of shorts this year and it was a lot and something that was happening that that was very uh, that was fascinating that uh, we were I'm getting into this a little later we were losing shorts because there are about three film festivals after us that require a shorts premiere. Uh, and so it kind of made our shorts programmer's life a little hell when they like, said, "No, we're pulling out." I'm like, what? Okay. You submit it, you paid your money, and then you're, "Okay. Do your due." <laughs> Ashton.
4: Um, so how many pro
6: I mean, we get we get a similar amount of of submissions, yeah. you know, in that so in that same, that same same universe of, of shorts and and just like James says, um A good chunk of the submissions uh, are shorts. Um, And and we obviously, you know, we have a team that watches everything. uh, And we have a similar structure where um, uh, there's a a pre-team and then there's a screener team. And then we do, during the season, we do all these calls. And all the shorts programmers talk about shorts for a period of time. And then all the features programmers talk about features for a period of time uh and that's how we kind of power through uh all the stuff and we also dig into other festivals uh you know sundance south by southwest you know uh tiff all these other film festivals that happen throughout the year and and kind of look for uh for features and, and shorts and oftentimes we'll get um suggestions and for might be like hey my buddy made a film it's really good you should look at it um and and that actually is pretty helpful actually because if it's a blind submission blind submissions do make it through the system but it actually it actually is pretty helpful if you get a referral from someone so-and-so who knows someone so says watch this film because they heard it was good that actually
4: goes a long way uh and do you yeah that's talk about actually that? happened like this year this is my first year on the programming side of things i always kind of dealt with the the more the events and just kind of everything leading up to it we kind of have a nice dichotomy how we break it down but like brock was saying you know we have a team we don't have a massive team but um it's enough and we just you know we we kind of go through the films that way but you know and then tell us like i'm doing documentaries this year for OCFF. i'm kind of focusing on that side of things so i'm getting told you know hey this is something that ashton you should watch this or you know we've got a couple programmers that have been there for a while one's back in the day was in our he's in our audience somewhere the parker's here Parker, there he is, right? Hey, there's Parker. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's Parker May. Everybody, everybody should give it up for Parker May. Just, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I just watched something the other day that I thought was, could be a good fit. But there's a, a guy who's been programming along with us for a while that I thought, hey, you should put your set of eyes on this because you might know what kind of fit this is for us. And it's not just like, I like this. It's going in there. It's definitely, you know, we have these calls. And sometimes they're long and kind of, you know, they can be, you know, draining But because we're all just kind of going back and forth. But everybody's kind of throwing their two cents in, and, and I think that's better than just like one person saying, okay, I like this, and then you don't ever need to see this because you know, I didn't think it was good enough. And I got a referral for a movie um, that I thought from a friend who was at another film festival, and he was like, you should program this movie. She told me that she submitted it to the film festival. And he's like, it's right up there. It's, right, it's an OCFF-type film. So I watched it, and it's kind of there, but like I, we, it would have gotten flagged differently had I not gone through and then made two other people watch it. Yeah. You know, and that's like the, the so Brock's point with the referral thing. I think that's huge. Yeah, to say so right. I guess maybe I'll rewind a
0: little bit and kind of ask the audience a question here. How many people are familiar with or know what Film Freeway is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how many people don't know what Film Freeway is? Okay. Oh, all right. So Film Freeway is basically the global film submission platform that all filmmakers use to submit their films to film festivals and film festivals use to accept films. So there are some other um, festival platforms that are European based and some different smaller ones, but Film Freeway is generally the global standard. Mm-hmm. And it didn't used to be, many years ago, there was a company called withoutabox.com that without a box was the only thing out there. Film Freeway came along and did it better. And then Amazon bought without a box and Film Freeway still put them out of business, essentially. Um, there's a longer story there, but maybe it's a short documentary <laughs> somebody can make. Uh, yeah. But, the, but basically, if you're going to be submitting a short film to any film festival, you're going to put it on Film Freeway. It's free. You put your film on Film Freeway. You put your electronic press kit up there and links and still photos and the film itself. And then you can literally search through you know, 9,000 film festivals around the world to find the one that you want to submit to. And they're broken down by categories. Top 100 reviewed festivals. You can search by month. I only want festivals to take place in June or by geographic location, Europe or North America, whatever. And so there are a lot of options out there. And so sometimes it's really hard for people to even decide, where do I even start you know, when it comes to finding a festival to submit my film to? But that's, that's the starting place as a filmmaker where you put your information to get started. And then all of these festivals here, we use that platform to kind of look at everything. And so I'm going to ask the... You know, Rebecca... Can I say about Yeah, this? absolutely.
2: So, when you fill out the form, like, don't just, like, do it in two minutes. Because this is what people are going to be reading to um, contextualize your film. And my strong recommendation is if you do, like, five minutes of research about the film, then write a little note. There's a place where you can send a note to the programmer saying that, you know, my lead actor lives in Dallas and will probably come to the screening. Or I love your film because your festival because you played something 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 that is similar to my film. But if you can personalize it in some way, not all people read that, but it's your chance to like connect to the person who's actually just about to watch your film and give them a context and give yourself a slight leg up. So and don't be snarky. It it does one hundred percent make a difference to to personalize like
0: that with those letters. And so I want to ask Rebecca and Merced then as. Uh, filmmakers and film festival doctors that are working, you know, with festivals out there, you know, Merced, what is your process when you are submitting to festivals? How do you decide what festivals you want to, are you using film freeway? I guess is the question. Yeah, well.
5: for sure. I mean, yeah. there's a, there, like you mentioned, there are a lot of other festivals or yeah, festivals that just aren't on film freeway, like Venice, Berlin, Cannes. I mean, those yeah. higher tier ones, South by Southwest, I don't even think they're on film freeway either. Right. So, you know, you kind of have to go look for their applications, but um, I break it down in a number of ways. Um, for me, first and foremost, it's, uh, it's fit, right? Cause I, I, make very specific, like dramatic movies. Um, I, I didn't go to film school, so I self-taught myself everything that I know as a filmmaker and all the knowledge that, that I've, I've accumulated just been either by experience or through YouTube or reading like a shit ton of books. Um, all that to say though, uh, what I do typically, like let's say, I mean, just off the cuff, a festival like Sundance, um, a festival like South by Oak Cliff Film Festival, I'll look at, you know, the last three, four years of what they programmed, I will Google the PDF of their program of 2019, 2020, 2021, and I'll look to see if they program films similar to what, I, what I'm going to be submitting. And then I'll mention that in the cover letter. So I'll go, hey, in 2019, you programmed a black and white film in Spanish. My film's a black and white film in Spanish. Um, I think we'd be a good fit for your Texas Latino program, right? So it's about, like, getting in where you can, Um, So that, to me, right off the bat, I I would look at Sundance, South by Austin, all those festivals, just because, you know, if you're a filmmaker here in the audience, like, you know that those festival submissions are very expensive, especially if you're late, extra late deadline. Um, So that's number one. Number two, um, I try to go for the festivals nowadays that um, will be career-altering. And what I mean by that is, I, I guess let me contextualize what I just said. I've made three shorts in my career. I've been doing this since 2017. Um, my first two didn't do much in the way of advancing my career. I was ad- applying to a lot of the local regional festivals that ultimately really don't do much for your career. Um, you'll screen at like a Hilton lobby, and you'll get a Laurel, and you can slap it on your poster, and that's it, right? Uh, but you want more out of a festival. You want a community like the Dallas Video Festival, Cliff Film Festival, Dallas International. You know, These are festivals that are filmmaker-friendly and filmmaker-forward um, to help enhance your experience as a filmmaker and give you the tools and the knowledge to like either connect with people or to get access to the industry. And that's absolutely what I look for. So um, yeah, I break it down in three tiers. It's like that lower level tier of of the regional festivals that don't really, you know, I guess do much for you other than like, giving you a Laurel, you could slap like 100 of them on your poster or on your trailer. And like, I guess that's cool. But you know, we want more, right. So it's the middle tier, higher tier festivals that I, I really tend to look for. So Middle tier festivals being like La Leaf, uh, Los Angeles Latin International Film Festival, New Filmmakers Los Angeles. These are very filmmaker friendly festivals that provide workshops, master classes, access to industry folks. You'll often get their emails. I've met, I mean, my producers or my next project, um, agents, managers, all through just festivals alone. I mean, if you get into the one really good festival, it'll change your life. Um, and all it takes is getting it into one really good one, and then from there you'll you'll start to snowball and get into the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Um, my higher tier ones, a third, one, third tier where I, you know, consider the highest ones uh, are your Sundances, your, you know, Berlin, Venice, Cannes, Telluride, TIFF. These are your academy qualifiers, the ones that if you get in, I mean, they're, you know, that you can't help but, like, get your life changed. So um, I'm very fortunate that we, my last project got into some of those, and we did quite well. But, you know, it, it, it's just a matter of fit and making sure that you're, you, you feel and you truly believe that that $60 submission is going to be, give you a chance to get into that festival. And in some
0: cases, a lot more than $60 for For certain
5: festivals. It can be expensive, yeah. So it starts
0: there for me, research and um, quality. And Rebecca, um, you manage, obviously, over your career, you've managed hundreds of films that you've gotten into festivals. Sort of what is your strategy? How do you approach getting films into festivals?
1: So the golden rule, before you do any submissions and start using Film Freeway, is to have a very streamlined and focused festival strategy. And you have to kind of also know your film and know your festivals. So a lot of people do come to me and say, right, I want to get the film on the circuit, I want to do the Oscar, BAFTA, BIFA qualified festivals, I want to get, you know, down that road, down that road. But then sometimes the film is not going to be for those kind of festivals. So I have to say it's not going to be for them. We have to go a different route. And then sometimes that can get people quite upset. But also It's actually been the truth, because I'm pretty ruthless and I'm pretty honest with all my clients that I work with. And I will not just take the money and just you know run with it. I'm very blunt, because I have to. And that's my job, is to be honest with them. And one filmmaker actually cried in front of me and said, I've just broken my whole dreams. I said, well, your film's not good enough, so that's why I'm going to get this. So <laughs> in a polite way, not like that, too blunt. Um, so film three-way, as you'll probably start to, to find out, those who have to start using it, or those of you don't. There's a lot of garbage film festivals on Film Freeway. I need to avoid these online film competition things, that are these you know, Accolade Global Film Competition, uh, Best Shorts, all this kind of thing. They're not film festivals. <coughs> They're these behind closed doors. People review the films and give you an award. You pay for an award. So get rid of that. So you have to know what kind of film you've made, and who's gonna, what kind of festivals are going to want to screen it. So for example, a genre film. Can your genre film break out of the genre film festival niche? Can it go to more general festivals like Tribeca, for example? Has it got a strong story? Does it have a cast in? So on and so forth, things like that. So really do your research and really kind of know your film, but also detach from it emotionally. Huh. Because if you're like still you know, emotionally attached to it and you can't let go of it and see it as a product, then it's going to be more difficult for you. Um, so a little, little side note here, but one film I worked on was Oscar nominated in 2016, and the filmmaker just wanted to tell the story, and the film's very strong, and it won the Holly Shorts um, Grand Prix Award, best of festival, and then it managed to get luckily Oscar nominated. But he he wanted all the top tier, but I said, well, it could do the top tier, but it's a lot of com- lot of competition and a lot of politics, so let's just go down the the route of Oscars. Oscar Polar Festival we'll and see what happens, and it got that. And it did some other ones as well, like Farm Springs. But he was realistic, but he, he, he didn't know what to expect on the journey because it's, it's a very unexpected.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important to look at. So, you know, everybody talk about the top-tier festivals. You know, Sundance always comes to mind, right? You know, everybody wants to get in Sundance. But Sundance gets somewhere near 10,000, or is it 100,000? Oh, I can't remember the numbers. Like 10,000, 10, all right. So astronomical number of short films that are submitted, and they accept 100 or less. So it's far less than 1% of films that are getting into Sundance and you're paying $100. So they're making a million dollars a year off of filmmakers submitting short films and only taking 100 of them. And so you just have to kind of look at what is the competition, you know, and like she said, really take an honest, honest look at your film and deciding, do I wanna just throw $100 in the garbage can or, you know, is this something that, and everyone thinks their film's the best film that's ever been made. But you gotta to talk to friends or family or somebody who'll be honest with you if you know on whether it's whether it's really whether it's really good or not. And so, you know, as far as as far as festivals go, there are a lot of things that determine whether a film and a bug wants to fly <laughs> my face. Whether a film uh, gets into festivals or not. And so, you know, you talked about is it a fit? Everyone talks about is it a fit for your for your festival. And so I know what we do at sunscreen, and I'll ask you guys kind of what you do as well, you know internally on the back end in Film Freeway, you can go in there and you can, you know, everything's in categories. Okay, it's a short film, it's a feature film, it's an animation, whatever, but then you can create all your own internal flags for a film. And so, you know, we'll create all these internal flags that'll say, you know, uh, LGBT, uh, person of color, horror, uh, drama, comedy, you know, breaking down not just the genres of the films, but also themes that are in the films, as Well, because the goal is to program a diverse slate of films with diverse filmmakers and diverse storytelling at the same time. And so, you know, we'll actively go through and sort just by those flags and see what the films are and see what they've been rated. And you know, you're looking at length. Can you talk a little bit more in depth on your, your, your process when a film comes in, when you're really examining it on deciding, you know, is this moving on to that considered stage of potentially going into the festival and I'll start with you again, Bart.
2: Um, yeah, well, I do all of those yeah. categories, and it's uh, it's a to a to make sure we program a wide group of things, but also in shorts. Like there are some people who just say short block seventeen and have a bunch of shorts. I always try to program thematically. So if I'm um, you know thematically are putting those flags in a color or notating them, um, I know that if I have three or four films and I got like 40 minutes, I'm looking for like you know, a 15 minute version of film that will fit that, um, that last slot. So those sort of things are really important. And in general, as I'm looking at these, they're generally like three kind of major categories and there's a lot of between there. There's some that is like, there's no way I'm playing this, <laughs> right? There's some that are like, oh, there's no way I am not playing this. <laughs> And then there's a whole variety in between. And the truth of the matter is, I will go back and re-watch something that I really didn't like. And you know, it's like there was something in the back of my mind, and do I need to see that again? And I will, I will kind of adjust as I'm going through these um, to, figure, uh, to, to figure it out. But particularly with shorts, you're always trying to fit, to find a fit. And in case we don't get to this later, let me say this. The shorter your film, The better your chance of getting it. (laughs) Just, just absolutely. (laughs) If you think of, I have an hour slot, and your film is 45 minutes, I have to really, 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 really love that, because then I've got to find. I have less chances of things to fit thematically, and in general, short is always better on a short film. Absolutely, there's no question. And one more thing, quickly, you know, get. Start your film strong.
4: Just here for the ride.
2: Start your film strong. Don't have a pan over a you know some photos on the counter, and then by the end of that you're like, oh my god, I never wanted to do this again. Um, but realize people are watching a lot of films, and if you grab my attention in the first 30 seconds, you have my attention.
6: So, Bart, you're not a fan of a long opening title sequence on a short film? I was just going to (laughs) say,
2: the 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 minute-long After Effects title sequence on a 10-minute film. Not only that, but end credits? Okay, we're all sitting in a theater. We're watching a whole bunch of shorts. You have a three-minute film with a minute and a half of credits. Stop that. Like, make one version of that that you show to all the people who are in it and never show that again. (laughs)
1: Can I yeah. add to that? Is that yeah. right? I can just add yeah, to please. That So I totally agree with everything that Bai is saying, but one thing I will advise is to not get attached to the magical 15 minutes. Oh. Your film needs to be the length it needs to be. So I had a short that was half an hour, and then he made a 15-minute version. I said, why did you do that? Because the whole emotion from the film was gone, it doesn't make any sense. He went, because that's the length of festivals, not this film. So you're right, is that some films do not need to be 15 minutes, need to be shorter or longer. But you're right, get to the action quickly. Yes. No, like, <laughs> four minutes of credits or, like, the long table sequence. Just, like, get to the action. It's really helpful with the short. But don't attach the 15 minutes. I had an email yesterday from a lady in the UK who said, my film is currently 11 minutes 30 seconds. So can you please tell me what to do to get to 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I said, <laughs> why, well, I said well, why 15 minutes? She went, well, that's the length that gets you into vessels, isn't it? You should know.
5: <laughs>
1: I said, well, your film actually needs to be shorter because there's too much dead air. So then she, she, she eventually she, go, she came around to, to cut it down, but, so it was just a touch of 15 minutes. And I was like, please stop
0: that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seven minutes can be fine. It, you yeah. Mean, yeah. You, when you're looking through that list there and you see a film that comes up and it's three minutes, you're like, three minutes? Oh, we can fit a three-minute film anywhere if it's halfway yeah. decent. You know,
3: like, fine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. God bless the three minute film. Yeah. <laughs> a three-minute film. A good three-minute film. A, a good three-minute film. Three minute film. And, and not to keep talking about Link like a bunch of guys at a bar. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so... When you get those movies that are over thirty minutes, I mean, so uh, and Merced mentioned so this. Point to me after that. Merced. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Oscar qualification is oh, I think it's forty minutes. Yeah, right about that. Forty-five or 40, yeah, forty-five <laughs> minutes. So some people are looking at that, and even the Oscar qualifying festivals don't often show forty-five minute films. It just, it's just, it's hard to do that in a block and be you know respectful of other of your time as an audience and filmmaker time, because you want to get as many great films as possible. Um, shorter is better. Because any, sh- I'd say anything under seven minutes, uh, or seven to eight minutes, you have a good chance of being put in front of a film, like a feature film as well. True, so, true Your chances of being in a festival, like, oh, I could put that in front of here, because it matches this. So All I right. love that part. Uh, as far as when we're looking and we're programming, I, I say to the senior programmer always, I go, look, I need you to be provocative, I need you to be audience-facing, and I need you to be you know, people-pleasing. And I go, that's a lot, I go, it's possible to do all these things. Uh, Provocative, we always wanna be cutting edge at some point want to have something that's gonna make somebody mad, and make somebody think, and I get a letter, I'm totally cool with that, but at the same time, somebody's gonna, oh, wow, I thought about that, oh, man, I really, yeah, that baby with the gun makes sense. Uh, (laughs) Just wait. Uh, Just wait. This audience-facing, so there's a gentleman's agreement amongst all the sort of uh, film festivals in this town that we try not to (laughs) crisscross films as much as possible. So when I say audience-facing, I mean I'm probably a diff not going to show something that played Video Fest or that played Oak Cliff. Now, we've had crossover before. Um, Most recently, actually, we did uh, the uh, hashtag Black at SMU premiered here at the <laughs> Oak Cliff Film Festival last summer, and we still played it, uh, and I think I think you guys played it at Denton Black Film Festival as well. It, there's certain films that seem to transcend our rules. We Everybody needs to see this. Very thing. important. Yeah, it's like, this This is important. This is this is something we need to do. We've done it two or three local, times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's local. It's got local tie. Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes local, you go, no, it's already been seen already. We don't want to do it. But something like that, just we kind of mm-hmm. like, let's just do it. It makes sense. So a lot of times, when you're playing other festivals in a city, and Bart has said this a lot about other cities, if they're like, you're not gonna play a film at South By and Austin, that's never gonna happen. In Austin, so that's never gonna happen. You're not gonna play the New York Film Festival and Tribeca, that's not gonna happen. But so here in Dallas, it might happen because there's 30 freaking film festivals in the DFW area. So you might have a choice. So, and so we look at that. And I also look for audience success as well. Is this film, for every crazy baby with a gun or uh, bloody head movie, singing uh, slasher film, which was really cool if you ever seen that, uh, I, you know there could be something that's sort of Disney-like, whether it's in a family block or not. The great thing about short films is that it can be everything in a short amount of time. It's hard to hate a short. If you hate a short, that short sucks.
6: <laughs> I mean, because
3: it's like you're not you're not investing a lot of time in this in your your life. You get that back pretty quickly, and the next one is probably pretty good. It's a Short film blocks are like right, like gumball machines. Like you know, every now and then you're gonna get the coconut and get pissed off, but the other time you're gonna get something you like. I'm allergic to coconut, so that's why I use it. So you can have it all. I
4: don't know how to follow that. Yes, you can. Yeah, well, I think it goes. I mean, it goes back down to fit. I think that you know, you were talking about fit and, and researching. You know, figuring out what they played before. You know, and and. You know whether it's a time limit or and to Rebecca's point, you know maybe don't overanalyze it. Just you don't don't think you have to get to a certain time limit or a, a runtime just because of a festival. And hopefully you're not just submitting to one festival. So why would you try to get to 15 minutes for this one festival and not another festival? So I mean you have to. I think just it kind of it's kind of don't overanalyze it. Make it simple, but do your research and just figure out who you're playing and or where you're playing and the, the blocks. You know. If they have a really good strong you know we have a texas student shorts block so you know if you're a texas student filmmaker you you know and you do something that's going to catch you know catch your eye pretty quickly we're probably going to try to program it if you're local if it's unt or smu or uta or something around the corner tcu then yeah we might be more prone to try to program that if it's important black at smu or something like that phone dropped and you know then um it, it needs to be seen i think that's really important because we don't don't just think that don't just target one film festival, hopefully. Target multiple and you know, submit to diff and because we're not going to program the same thing, even if it is something that we both have program. You know, we, we we program different things than diff does. You know, yes. there's films that are OCFF films, yeah. those films that are straight up diff films, and we, we know that all the time. And there is a you know, a handshake agreement until you program something I want to
3: program. Yeah. <laughs> two months before our film festival. And he'll call me like, dude, I'm no. sir.
4: I'll just, yeah, I'll just, I'll, yeah. You're just cursing behind the scenes. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah we're, we're buddies. So yeah, it's fine. all good. But, yeah, <laughs> I, if you try to fit it, it's about fit, but don't try too hard to just fit into one film festival. I think that's, again, it goes back to analyzing so you just simplify it.
6: The only thing I was going to add to that is you may want to uh, figure out your, your, your festival strategy statewide, yeah. um, because yeah, we were talking about hyperlocal, and that also is important, but sometimes um you know uh if you're playing if you're trying to get into fantastic fest in austin but you play another festival in houston or dallas you can't play that festival in austin so so some festivals actually have uh state premiere requirements Uh, i think all of us mostly are local premiere uh, with an asterisk requirement um but anyway yeah yeah (laughs) uh go ahead just to Kind of piggyback off of what Rebecca said just for a second regarding uh, film
5: runtime. Um, I've I've personally lately seen a proliferation of of much longer shorts getting into festivals. This isn't an excuse for you to make a 49 minute short film. I made a 33 minute short film with Mano Zoto, my last film, and I, by some miracle did okay. <laughs> um, so we were able to get into some festivals that you know were, were notable um, despite our runtime, but. For example, like at Sundance last year, um, they programmed seven or eight shorts that were above 22 minutes, and I know this because I researched. This is is what I do. Do your homework as a filmmaker. Like look into it, and it makes you wonder. Like okay, well they're starting to be a little more accepting of much longer shorts. So to kind of answer or bring what what you mentioned, let the film be what it needs to be in terms of runtime.
2: But the the answer really is, um, is it a great film? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you know because. Be, there have been films that I watched, and I said, Do you know, if this were five minutes shorter, sure. I would have put yeah. it in the film yeah, you need to You need to know what the your film movie. is. Yeah. What's that? I watched a film yesterday that I wished was right. like 20 so, minutes so Right, so, yes. if the film <laughs> it's is... It's 25 minutes short, no, I'm just kidding. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> great. You'll just go for it. Like, yeah. if it's one of those that you say, like, right at the bat, I know, and then you build around yeah. that to make that work. Like yeah. But, yeah, in general... If it's shorter, your shorts are better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Merced, you said that you um, so you've done three shorts, mm-hmm. and your first two didn't perform as well as you'd like them yeah. to. So why don't you talk about your failures a little bit, yeah. instead of your successes? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> because I mean, you know, there's that old saying: you learn more from failure than yeah. from success, right? So you know, what? How long were those first two that you made, and why? I mean. The first two weren't as good as the third one, no, right? No,
5: they weren't. I mean, just it comes down to a quality thing. My first two shorts were just not good. I mean, they were like film school like movies. They just weren't good. Uh, my first film I had that was originally going to be like 25, 26 minutes, but it ended up being 14 just because the footage was just so bad, like the acting, and it was just so bad that I only had a solid 14 minutes worth of a movie that I could like put together in an edit and submit. And we got into like literally two festivals: one random one in Pennsylvania and the Grapevine Film Festival. So. You know it, we did we, it was enough to you know start to like build a community here in texas because again i did not go to film school so that was a way for me to learn it was just learning by my failure my second film i made a, a drawn thriller film i didn't stick the landing with my ending but i learned you know i knew better so with my next film mano zoro I, I made sure that i had my ending right and there's a lot writing on that too just because you know a lot of us i know that we self finance our own projects or we crowdfund we ask a lot of favors of our friends and family to, to make our movies I get it. I've had to make these these uh, these emails and and calling at the eleventh hour. Like, could you give us five hundred bucks to submit to this and that? And we need an extra thousand dollars for our grip truck. Like, I've had to do this, and I'd imagine that you all did too. Um, so you learn from your failures. It's it's quality. It's acting. I I, I would say acting is if you're directing is ninety percent like picking good actors. Honestly, it's casting. Yeah. It really is. Honestly, because if you pick the good or the right cast for your project, your job is to just step out of the way and just let them do their thing. And if they go a little too much this way, you bring them back this way. And if they go a little too much this way, you kind of loop them back in this way. That's what it means to have a good actor and a hungry actor, too, that are willing to you know, go a step above what it is that it means to be a performer and give you the performance that you need. So I didn't cast that in, in my first two projects. I was just casting homies, friends that, like, you know, that that I thought, like, yeah, man, I want to be on a set with you. But then with, again, with my next project or my last project, Mano Zero. I learned and i cast a very very strong actor who's been in a lot of very notable projects you might not know his name but you might you know know his projects he was in sicario and narcos mexico uh, cowboys and aliens his name's julio cesar cedillo he's going to be in my next project so i made a buddy there and you know that helps open a lot of doors to festivals as well and I'm, I'm sure that's something we can talk about as well like does your project have a draw and does it have a star attached to it and that i know for a fact that helped us with a 33-minute film like the one that i submitted we had a, an actor that if we played locally or in Austin, my actor could drive there and we could present and sometimes they'll do retrospectives of Sicario because he was in Sicario. You know? So um, that's a huge draw as well. It's, it's few and far between that things like that happen, but I, I know that there lately has been a, a big push for much larger actors like Oscar Isaac and Riz Ahmed appearing in shorts and they end up winning Oscars. So you know, there, there's something to that.
1: Can I add to that? Yeah. That's a really good point you say about stars. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people will email and say, right, I've got this short. It's the best short in the world, but clearly it's not always the case. And sometimes these shorts have celebrities in. And I think what I've learned over the past like probably 15 years since I've been doing this is if you have a short with no stars in, it has to be really strong to, like, you know, do what you on the circuit, or it can be an okay short with a celebrity in. So here's some good examples. So I worked on a short starring Sadie Frost, who was huge in the UK when nice. I used to live in the UK. She's married to Juvlar, and there was a film that I worked on, and to she was not great. And the film was okay. It was shot in thirty-five mil. It had some plot holes in the uh, story, but she was in it, and it did loads of festivals in the UK, and it also of distribution on iTunes. I have a film right now which is currently finishing post-production that stars Tony Todd, who was in Candyman. And there's already some festivals that want it because he's playing Marvin Gaye so he obviously got paid for that quite a lot of money, it's a big budget, sure, but the film itself doesn't break any boundary for the biopic, or the biopic, whatever it's called in the UK and USA. Um, and it's good, but it's not outstanding, but he's very good. But a lot of festivals won that already, so that does make a difference. I don't mean like, to make a bad film and hire somebody, <laughs> but it's just, that uh, can uh, be Yeah. Well, and so, uh, you know,
0: yeah. 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 So let, let's talk for a second about uh, good films that don't get into your film festivals. So every year, you know, you have films that are really good, but f- for some reason it just doesn't fit. You have another film that's, for some reason, it's the exact same story. And, and it does happen. You think your film is super original, but there are same stories, similar films that come in all this time, especially documentaries. Like documentaries about the same subjects, like constantly coming in. Or, you know, I've had uh, multiple films and festivals. I had a short documentary I made years ago. It played 25 festivals around the world, won a bunch of best of festival awards, and then didn't get into another 25 film festivals at all. Um, and so as a filmmaker, you don't have to think that because you get rejected by a film festival that your film is bad. It doesn't mean your film is, it might mean your film's bad, but uh, in general, it doesn't mean your film is bad because your film did not get into a festival because good films do get rejected. So we'll start down at the other end this way and we'll come, we'll come back, back this way. Brock, can you talk a little bit about... Reasons why good films do not get into your festival. I mean, if we hear about the good film early enough and it hasn't played and we
6: want to play it, we pretty much are going to play it. So I would say the only scenario where that happens is um, if it's 100% not a, not a good fit, like it's just like it just doesn't fit any sort of vibe that we're going for, maybe a little bit too mainstream, May, might, be it, might be it. Or B, it just came to us too late, uh, I would say. Those are probably the only times we would not play a really good film. (laughs) Otherwise, we're looking for good films. Uh, But everyone
0: has different opinions on what is a good film, right? Like, a good film for Oak Cliff may not be a good film for Sunscreen or... Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah.
6: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dallas, what do you think?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd say that usually it is about how many times it's played. If it's a really good film, it's, you know, for us, it's, oh, where's it been? Um, and do we have something like it, to your point earlier? If there's something, if we have three films that are about, you know, elephant riders of the Congo or whatever, and you're just looking at that going, well, shit, film A has played Sundance, blah, blah, blah. Film B has played this. Well, this is just as good as those, and it's only played, you know, maybe one of the festivals, or hadn't played at all. So we'll lean towards that. To what
6: if you already submit accepted the one that has
3: played around, and then, and then, then you're like, screwed. Then that one's screwed because yeah. we, we already have this, and we can't go back to them. And there's no way to go. Uh, it's a How early
5: do you, as a just as a filmmaker, asking programmers? How early do you guys start to program? Like, are are you starting to program and select your films while those deadlines are still rolling, or do you oh, wait yeah. until like? It oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's rolling. Right. So as okay. soon as as soon as, soon soon as you soon start
3: opening, like I I've I've like a ritual for me for feature films, especially as soon as the opening happens, I'm wa- I'm watching the first film that's submitted, like okay. whether it's a short, feature, doc, whatever it is, I'm watching the first film that's submitted on day one. So and that's then, important. And, yeah. our te- and, the, and the team, our team grows. I'll be real honest with you, our full team. Probably doesn't start watching um, all the films until probably, I'd say, maybe three weeks to a month after the deadline, because I'm actually digging in. And then after that, they're, they're heightened. They're, okay, you're watching all these things, and they have their assignments, and they get um, our screeners they, uh, for screening. You get a, you, get a, you screen this many films, you get a pass to the festival. They're screening for passes and t shirts, usually. Um, <laughs> I don't know if everybody knows, but you know, Sundance. Um, our, our original senior programmer, Sarah Harris, who's now moved on. She, used to be, she went from us back to AFI, and now she's at Warner Brothers and they're running their, uh, uh, their documentary awards t- uh, department. She used to get paid by Sundays to watch shorts. And I'm thinking, that's the best gig in the world. Then I started, <laughs> then I started realizing, like, how many shorts how many? you have to watch? Yeah. And you, and you have to watch those forms, and, I'm, I'll, and I'll, I'll speak to her. She was getting $15 a short. And so it made sense to, like, so at that point, you're going, well, shit, I'm going to watch 500 shorts. <laughs> but I'm going to have to write 700 pages about shorts. How much are
0: you getting paid per hour? Yeah. <laughs> no That's much. where 15 minutes comes in. Yeah. A yeah. dollar, you get a dollar a minute. <laughs> yeah.
2: So and, we, and yeah. you know, programming, watching a lot of docs, Is really depressing. Yes. (laughs) It's like like six docs in a row about how the world sucks and you're kind of like uh, but you know the thing about if you get early get it in early just think I'm not watching as many things and I'm happier watching early. So it's like getting in early on gives you
4: kind of an advantage. I mean I and, think and you might have to push something out if you wait too long and right. to the extended deadline or late deadline whatever the festival has that, yeah. that's their deadline you might be you might have to like get over top of something you might have to be better than everything else because yeah. we've already got these seven shorts pl- programmed right. we don't really need an eighth
2: right you, you're yeah. the first doc about that yeah yeah and exactly. if that's really good it, that does give you an advantage so getting there early really does help I mean most of the times if I haven't played something it's, it's either not right for my festival Or for the TV show, it has too much nudity or language. Or the filmmaker doesn't have the rights to the music because it's television, so you have to have the rights to the music. So there are some kind of reasons for that. Um, Or realistically, if it's too long. But I also program experimental films, and they're all too long. (laughs) Well, so I do want
0: to open up questions to the audience here. Any any further comments from the panel before we get to the audience? I wanted
3: to get to something. Something that Rebecca does very well. It's it's like getting it's like getting beat up from the cast of love actually when she calls. Uh, <laughs> she'll, filmmakers, um, you guys can be belligerent and and call as you and, sip on that. Yeah, as I sip on this. Yeah. <laughs> to to reach out to the programmers is one thing and to and to the point of a late deadline. If you know or have a relationship with the festival or you have somebody else, that's a good time to get into that late deadline. Otherwise, your film better be good. Or somebody like Rebecca, who will reach out near that late deadline, hello, hi. it have got this really great South African film that's really, really nice, James. It's playing this real good festival. And aren't you a fan? I'll be very specific about one. She hit me up on a band that I used to like right back when I was growing up, Spando Ballet, and I did not program the film. Um, but she did a real good job pitching the shit out of that thing. Um, yeah. And it was really late in the game. Like, oh, yeah, but I, but I, but I watched it. So uh, having a relationship with a programmer or a programming team or something like that will help you as you get later in the deadline. Um, and to Bart's point earlier, that same thing going on in that note, I'm reading all those notes and director yeah. statements because I'm just that, that gives context for me. It's like, head oh, head wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And the form note, where you accidentally put, hey, <laughs> Dallas International Florida Film Festival. Really, I love that your programming is so good. Like, yeah, you need to go back and fix that. Proofread. Yeah,
0: because that, that, that's a no. Yeah, the per- personalization does, does make a big difference, and all of the programmers, they, they really do look at that. Well, let, me,
2: let me go on, on this be nice thing. So let me do the opposite. Don't be a jerk. I mean. Just in um, general.
1: No, I mean, seriously, <laughs>
2: there, there have been films that I that were kind of nice. But I thought to myself, this person is going to berate my staff. This person is going to be horrible when they come to town because they had done that in the past. And I'm thinking, like, you know, I don't need that. And I really don't. And we talk to each other. And if somebody was a problematic person, you will, people will know that. The blacklist is real.
4: <laughs> so, well, <it's>, being being <laughs> an alumni is important. And yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we use the term OCL of alumni all the time yeah. because if somebody has done a film and they were a great guest and then they do another film, I mean, we're not even really watching it sometimes. It's like, we yeah. want to get your new film. We Absolutely. want to get it like, yeah. Yeah. Know, it, we, yeah. we hope it's going to be good. Yeah. But you know, you, you came, you did a great job. Your film was great. There great is a moment yeah. where
2: you put it in and you hit play, and I said, "I hope this is good." <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I don't want to say I hate your new film. Design. Yeah, or you it's have a friend that's like, "I really want to <laughs> submit to
4: your festival." Like, <laughs> yeah. please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, hey, let's uh, let's open up open up to the
0: audience here. We got questions. Go right in the front row. Okay, so the next film festival is
2: Dallas, uh, Dallas International. International.
1: International.
3: Oh, April, oh, April, okay. April April twenty eighth.
1: I'm medical leave right now, so I have all this free time in the world. And I'm going to ask: Is
3: it too late to yes no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
4: <it's> never, ever <laughs> too late to good. volunteer. You can walk up with a t-shirt yeah. and say, I'm ready to volunteer. He
0: yeah, C- thought you were going to uh, ask yeah. if it was too, was too right
3: late behind. to submit. He was, was real fast, she's real she's fast waiting waiting with that line. no. She can take two and Yes, we, we love volunteers as much, I swear. Stay <laughs> 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 right behind I've, I've you there, PTSD Beth, you'll talk to Beth.
2: And volunteering is a great way to see what kind of films are there and learn a lot. So yeah. More, more questions here, over here. What's the likelihood of a short play being accepted into one of these
0: film films? A short play.
3: Right, a filming, a film of
0: a short play. A film of a short play. So it's taking place on stage and you've filmed that, right. and then you submit it to. I just produced a
3: series of short plays in the East Coast, and
1: anyway, they're, they're all less than 15 minutes. Oh, it's not a magical 15 minutes.
0: I, I think <laughs> I'll, I'll speak on, for maybe from the sunscreen side of things. Typically when we're looking at a short film, we want to see cinematography and editing and you know not just the performance and the acting right there. But it, so it depends if it's just one camera set up pointed at the stage, no, no, or if it's actually like in there filming it and then creating it as a- It wasn't
5: shot inside the play, there wasn't enough time, we
0: did yeah. six
3: plays in 12 hours. So there, there
5: were three or four cameras of pro shooters and pro sound and everything, but there wasn't a budget for setting live, it, it was a bunch of short
0: plays. But I imagine short plays are kind of like short stories I think it's hard to say without seeing it. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you, you have a TV star yeah. or if you have a star <laughs> or if the writing is like really critical and you know, like important for our time, a no, metaphor no, for the Trump no. years. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like. Funny. Just the, funny stuff. Okay, but hold those, on, Bar. Isn't there
6: the probably? There's fit. a lot of genre film festivals. There's yeah. probably a genre yeah. for your thing already. Yeah. 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 find yeah.
4: find the right yeah. fit. Like we're about literary
2: yeah. film festivals where that would be appropriate. Yeah. and that's where Search and Film Freeway could be your friend. Comedy we
6: we, we, had, we hosted a film festival here, which was just movies about paddling the river. It's <laughs> like there's a there's a film festival for everything. Yeah. Yeah. you know. There is. So there's probably <laughs> a film <laughs> festival yeah. for what you did. Yeah. You can yeah. do one. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> more questions, right here.
2: Uh, each of Y'all could describe like the style or the vibe of each film festival that you guys are
5: looking for in the films that are being submitted. Like, what is it that, you know, what are the kind of like requirements or what you guys are looking
0: for? Sure, because should... you say the fit. You know, we were talking about fit for the festival. should all describe each other. What, uh, what is, uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be fun.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> I, Who's going to go? I think sunscreen should go first, actually. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. Yeah. Sunscreen Well, I think, you know, kind of to Bart's point a little bit earlier, fit is, you know, you'd have different categories of short blocks. Same thing, we don't label it short block, one, two, three, four, five. Comedy block, horror block. Uh, There's overcoming adversity block. There's, uh, you you know, a romance block. So as far as sunscreen goes, I don't know if I would say there's one sort of, it has to be a dark, depressing story where everybody's sad at the end kind of thing, or it has to be like a a super upbeat, you know, modern commercial, you know, kind of story. It sounds bad to say, but it's like, we just like what's good. Is it good and it fits the horror block? Is it good and it fits the comedy block? Is it good and it fits the sci-fi block? You know, whatever's good for those, you know, blocks that we like to build out. Um, and it changes on a year-to-year basis because the types of films are different every single year. I think there's this sort of global consciousness sometimes that people submit the same types of stories on, a, on an annual basis and, and it, it changes. Something that we programmed in 2007 um, you know, may not play today because audiences have changed and audiences are different. They would view it and feel different about it.
1: Can I ask a question to, the, to all of you? Do you get a lot of dramatic short films submitted? Like the most amount of shorts will be dramatic short film. Kitchener-sick dramas? No. I,
3: I, I, yes. It's a mix. Yeah, Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd say say dramatic to melodramatic.
2: We probably got more docs for, um, especially when we did DocuFest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But. uh, Talk about fit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's kind of fit, although a lot of documentaries these days are fake documentaries. Yeah, the, the mockumentary. Yeah, well, so I think,
6: but fun. part of the, what he's saying, just real quick to wrap up, is like you know, there's all these genre film festivals. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of us don't necessarily run a very specific genre. but Maybe Bart yeah. was a genre, yeah. but all of us play a little bit of all the genres. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and if you have a genre in your festival, look maybe play those fests, or if not, just play the general fests that fit the kind of vibe you're going for.
4: Yeah, there
3: are more. There there are specific films that wouldn't play different but play ours. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, there would be a film that we would play. It's a where they would have seven Oak Cliff style films. What is and that, you'll have, what's one? an Oak Cliff? style two. film? What's what's an o- I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> a good point. I, I got myself in trouble then. Uh, we, we might play one of, I I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Parker was on our jury last year, think mean, he could probably talk about it. Yeah, yeah, Parker. Parker. <laughs> uh, I, I always found
2: it, uh, I think Dip is excited in, like, the great people, right? Like,
6: the really, like, really big, impact um, yeah, I'm going to talk to the babies, right, but, like, Oak Cliff was, like, the nitty-gritty, right, like, at Oak Cliff we really like the weird and the wild and, like, um, you know,
2: regardless of
6: that, again, like, like everyone's saying, like, do your research, like, look at the films, the films that you're interested in, see where they play, because that's going to inform your decision as a filmmaker to what stuff
0: and I would say too, even if you don't have a film in a festival, attend film festivals. Yes. Yeah. Because you'll see what other films are playing, and you will also meet the filmmakers there at the festival. I've literally built my entire career off of just attending film festivals. Vol- volunteer.
4: Volunteer. volunteer. that That's the biggest thing you can possibly do. Like, if you're a volunteer, then go
2: ahead, going Mark. to go a ahead. festival. Because <laughs> to, to piggyback what you were talking about, the, the most important thing in making a short film, narrative film, is to have good actors. I mean, you can blow everything other than like, out-of-focus shots and bad sound, but if you have good acting, that'll save a mediocre script, right? Now, where are you going to meet some actors? There's a short film showcase, right? There is a short part of the film. You see all the actors over there. You see somebody good. You go up and talk to them. You give them, get their info. Like, everybody wants to be like in the new hot young filmmaker. They wanted to find those people. So that's how you, one way to get actors outside of your comfort zone and people you don't know.
5: Can I also speak to that just for a quick sec? Um, my last actor in, in my previous film, I, research, I reached out to him on Instagram. Instagram has proven to be like, such a valuable tool for me in my career. I, I despise yeah. social media with like a burning passion. I can feel my brain being poisoned every single day. <laughs> but like, it's changed my life. It's changed my career. My DP for my next project, he's in New York, connected with him and you know, flying him to Dallas to shoot my next movie. Use Instagram. You know, um, Go to these festivals. Who's the, the young actor who just won Best Actor at the Austin Film Festival or South By or Diff or O'Cliff? Find those people. Like, who was in that project that won that award? You know, send them a message on Instagram. Hey, I saw your film at, 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 at O'Cliff last year. I loved it. Here's my uh, script for my next project. Here's a log line. Would you be interested? Or vice versa. A lot of actors, you know, they they reach out to me on Instagram as well. Have a presence if you're a filmmaker on social media. For as much as you might hate it, it really goes a long way. Several actors have contacted me. Like, hey, man, here's my headshot. Here's my reel. Just think of me. Put me in anything. And three, four years will go by. And I'll think, wait, I know that guy. (laughs) I'll put him in something. And I did. And one of my actors, a young high school kid who's who's at Lambda right now studying acting in, in London... I mean, one of the be- like, Juilliard and Lambda, like, they're the two biggest acting schools in the world. He reached out to me on Instagram. He was 17 years old, and now I'm going to put it in my movie. That's the connection that was made. All right, so use these tools to your advantage if you're a young filmmaker.
0: Good. Slip it right, it's these. on this side. Let's we'll go over the corner there. Uh, I had a question about how we're talking about programming for,
5: or, sorry, having a strategy for putting a festival, putting a film in festivals that are in the same city. Does that kind of burn... I don't know if that's except my film. I'm gonna to submit to everybody in New York. I get to two in New York. I have to pull out from one of them. Yeah. Or, you know, if we're in Dallas, I'm gonna to submit to everybody, i am going to accept it. it accepts it, O Clip accepts it. Is that does that is it I understand an understanding of, you know, I understand you can't pick everybody. Or is there kinda of like I ah we should kinda of pick this so the next film we do we'll remember that? Like what if
4: we we had um, this happened to a friend of mine who did a film last year Um, he called me up to ask me he was was submitting to um, festivals in Oklahoma and he was got in one really wanted to be in the other one and the other one was more prestigious and he was waiting but the other one the the lesser one wanted to get him booked now Mm -hmm. and he waited and I talked to Barack about this I called him up because I was like you have more experience than me what should he do here and I think your advice at the time was just, like, just be honest with them. If if you have a target one that you're looking for, they know that the other film festival is probably more prestigious. Like, the, the film festivals know which one. I mean, they might get, if they get, you know, hurt or something like that about it, then that's fine. But, I mean, you have to also look out for yourself in that way. I mean, I wouldn't, I would not recommend missing out on another film festival that you really want to just to... You know, play at this one that you, you know you don't want to hurt their feelings.
3: Yeah, I don't think here we're not gonna, well, except for one,
4: we're not going to
3: uh, <laughs> hold it against you uh, in Dallas. One uh, film or one festival. Anyway, okay. the uh, <laughs> so we'll be so it'll be it'll be fine here. But to your point about New York, was that an actual uh, was that an actual experience you said in New York, or oh. you just, it was hypothetical? hypothetical?
0: Well, I, I heard
3: guys. Kind of, okay. There. Yeah. Yeah. Someplace like New York, uh, hell, even Los Angeles. I mean, there, there can be some. Austin especially. That's, that's cutthroat down there, man. I mean, that's... Yeah, they, awesome. they, they are... They, they, yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> angry.
2: But and, if you are going to do this, do it relatively early. Don't do it after the press release has gone out with your name on it man. and the program book is in process yeah. and all of that
4: is happening. That would be really bad. <laughs> if, it's print, yeah. if it's in print, you're screwed. You're, like, you're, yeah. you're locked in. <laughs> then you are going to piss somebody off. If they printed something, then you just say, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to play this one a month later. That would that it'd be different.
1: What I suggest as well is when we do with the film, <coughs> for example there's a client of mine who's in New York and he wants to do you know all of New York festivals because it's easy for them to travel to and so on and so forth so what I do is I we submit to all the festivals that would be the most suitable for the film and then say a festival in New York gets back to us that runs in October but the other one he really wants in November I ask that festival could you tell us in advance if it's got in because if not then you know we'll withdraw And they're honest about it, and they give us an answer. You just have to ask them, you know, call them or email them, and it helps. So just, you know, don't worry about, oh, should I submit to the Chelsea Film Festival? Because they've got a premiere that's New York. Or what about Stony Brook? Uh, What about the New York Mental Health Festival? All that kind of stuff, you know. So do it, and then juggle it when when the time comes.
0: Sometimes a filmmaker, you know, they'll submit and they'll say, because they moved, um, Tribeca moved from June to April now, right? No, vice versa. April of June, June. that's right. It's before us now. Yeah, that's right. So it used to be, you know, because sunscreens end of June, they would submit and say, you know, I've submitted to Tribeca, if we get into Tribeca, I can't play yours, so I'm waiting. And so if we don't make Tribeca, then we'll do sunscreen. And we're like, all oh, right, that's fine, whatever. And you watch the film, you're like, yeah, there's no way you're getting into Tribeca. Uh, so, you know, but you don't tell them that. You just wait for it to happen. But yeah, You yeah, just program yeah. it knowing that yeah. you know, we're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you're playing here. Up what top are? there. Uh, one thing I've heard
2: is that shorts that are often trying to be features or could be features... There's features, don't
0: do well, so do you think there's any truth to that? Well, shorts as a proof of concept are very common. I mean, you can Google shorts that become features and the list is forever long.
5: Yeah, I mean, I can speak to this just for a quick second. I'm in the middle of doing this right now, putting a proof of concept short together for my, my feature. Um, learned a lot along the way, but here's what I can tell you based on just what I've, what I've researched and understood. Short, I mean, just by default, like the, the template typically is start late and leave early, right? But that short film should live and breathe without the knowledge of the feature film coming in the future, right? Like if the feature film never got made, that short still needs to stand on its own two legs and exist as its own story, mm-hmm. as its own compelling film that doesn't hinge on, but well, you got to wait till the feature comes out in like five years, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't try to cram a feature film story into a short it just it i've tried to do it that's the key yeah that, that is the key yeah just that to do it yeah. yeah i mean i the, the most successful shorts the ones that get into these big festivals the the ones that you know end up even getting oscar qualified qual- qualifying and, and even get nominated they typically have the following format start late leave early and they're just like a, a very long scene of something yeah and it just goes on yeah. and on and on and you build the stakes and the tension gets higher and higher and higher versus like spanning a year 3 years later doing flashbacks like for shorts <laughs> Uh, that's not going to cut the mustard, you know? Um, so just tell, tell one story very well.
1: It needs to be a standalone short that yeah. has an ending. Yes. 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 I actually had to turn down a short that was actually produced by Hulu, and it was a proof of concept. And it starts off like, oh, this, is, this is really interesting. And then it doesn't end. It's just This monster goes, blah. And that's it. And then I was like, well, that's a bit short-changed. And I said, well, the whole point of it is to like, get people interested and then put the money into the feature but it, it doesn't
0: work. But that's not for so short, no. short, but that's not for film festivals and something like that is, it's a that's pitch. That's more tour. of a pitch. It's a yeah, pitch. Yeah, it's a Trailer.
3: The yeah. best, yeah. The best uh, feature, to, uh, best short to feature I've ever seen uh, was a winner at the Deep Ellum Film Festival and it's Palooka, which turned into Napoleon Dynamite. It's eight minutes and you watch that thing. It has, only thing that's from the feature to, from the short to the feature is pretty much John Heater. That's it. Everything else, John Heater and a He-Man toy. <laughs> and so, and everything and you watch that, you go, oh, I could totally see Napoleon Dynamite coming out of this. So to that point, yeah, you make the best short you can, and then don't worry about. Oh, this is the you know the twelve minute intro to my feature. No, yeah. great. Yeah. about back over here again? Like you guys talking about volunteering for film festivals, and I think to get more specific for the filmmaker wants to their craft, volunteer to not just be a part of the film
6: festival runs, but to be on
3: the submission team programming team look at these things
0: because you will see all the things you should do and you will see things that work and you'll be able to take that into your craft it's research. Yeah how do you um, how do you choose the the screening team for your festivals? And who's watching that, that's a big question, filmmakers. Who's watching my film to help decide whether it goes into a...
6: I I mean it's, the, it's a team usually it's in generalities it's it's people who it's film programmers film people who film people who make films, people in the industry, curators, um, you know, as opposed and people who are involved in film. Like we've, sometimes we've been pitched, oh, so-and-so is an art curator. Well, I don't know if they sh- maybe they should be on the art film, but maybe they shouldn't, you know, watch narrative film or something like that. So, uh, so that's usually how we pick our, our program team. Um, Sam,
2: let me, let me just say, your point is really great. I, I strongly recommend anybody who's making a film to be on a selection committee. Yeah, You will never look at a film the same way.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, like you will understand the mindset of people who have to watch thirty films before the sun hits those down, and, and and you 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 kind of get it, and then you won't have that long shot on the table. I know, with that. So so it's it's what can cure your bad short film disease.
3: Yeah, we we usually pick. Um, it's to Barack's point. It'll be industry folks, and then quite frankly. We have people that come to our film festival over the last 17 years that have probably seen as many films or more films than I. And so I sort of vet them and go, all right, let's talk. We'll, we'll go maybe get a coffee or something and we'll go through and I'll sort of go over with them. So I'm very hands-on about people who are going to be screening our films. And it's like, all right, yeah, you may not be making films, but you understand films. We have, we have quite a few critics on our screening committee, on, and they write some beautiful Beautiful, beautiful, angry things uh, about films, and I, I love it. Like, oh, cool. That's I don't have to watch that at all because that's terrible. Uh, but, but I love that, that we, we break it out because I want audi- I want people because I want people that are going to movies to actually maybe have opinion on this as well because like, hey, there are people that are actually sitting in the audience yeah. and they're watching films, they're watching television, they're watching all, they're consuming all this information. And so their opinion is a lot to me. That's something we started about five years ago: is bringing audience people that are, you know, that it's watch a lot right. of things into the festival.
6: Right, More. right here. How
3: important is it for
6: uh to oh. uh, a notable composer? Oh, notable composer? Just have a composer who's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, as uh, as a point, like a musician. Next, next like. week's uh, workshop is on getting your music in the films. Well, There you go. Yeah. getting what getting I mean, films. Getting music for your films and getting your music into films
4: with well. both. But are you are you talking about like having like an established musician who like is now dabbling into like film score film scoring? Sure.
3: We're not going to know that immediately, as right. mm-hmm. long as it sounds good. If you put it, yeah. notes, put it in the notes, like this, that, might, that might get seen. Yeah, it's
4: something to start looking out for. Like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to the score more. Yeah. Because I mean, it just was... I mean, the that's, that's any above-the-line yeah. job. You just put yeah, the credits yeah.
6: of what they've worked on. That's yeah. helpful. Whatever's going to yeah. help
4: promote your film, put it in there. You but, know, if, it's a, if it's an actor that's up and coming, if they're... You know, when you, when you were making the film, maybe they weren't in something yet, but since then has blown up. I mean, yeah, you definitely want to... You know, maybe they weren't as established yet, and there was, you know, it was a year prior or whatever. I mean, we've, we've, we've programmed stuff like that before, where somebody along the way, like, oh, now they're in the show.
2: It's, it's probably the mo- not the most determined factor, but, you know, if you have somebody who's really good, like, you, when you make a film, you survey your resources. What do I have that nobody else does? And if that's your ace, you gotta run that. But one other thing about music, Like, you can never recover from bad music disease. (laughs) Like, if I don't like the music you have in your opening sequence, there's zero chance I'm going to like your film. (laughs) Because that shows me your taste. And your taste is part of what we're looking at as well as the crap. Um, So please choose wisely.
4: Bart's all about opening sequence. <laughs> <laughs> get that. That's right. It's just valid, <laughs> it's valid though. <well, laughs> got to get you in there. <laughs> you get me at the beginning. You got me. Right. Sure. <laughs>
2: Good. Uh, I, have, I have been following the
6: rule that you mentioned. The I even heard a saying that best film is just one scene. So one I scene. Like I say one scene. A long
5: scene. a long scene.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's something right. I heard. So, all
1: my short films
6: are less than 10 minutes. And uh, from experience, it did help me to enter short film festivals. Like, there are a few times they're the pre screening of a feature. So, that's my advantage. Uh, However, I
3: did some research on all start qualifying film festivals. Uh, usually, I found the majority of the best short films, they are yeah. usually uh,
6: 15 to 25 minutes. Uh, they all
0: so can everybody can everybody hear what you're saying he was saying that he's made a lot of 10 minute short films but they started looking at academy qualifying films and they're 15 to 25 minutes um for for the for the best short films
6: right i mean just to flip side on that because you know with texas State, we play those academy shorts programs and yeah. they are they're all, They're all pretty long, all so long. everything we're saying about watching, making short shorts, maybe you shouldn't listen to that.
3: What's different voting?
2: It's a different voting? <laughs> but it's got to be good. Those yeah. Let's, Let's go, go back and go. rewind. Yeah. and Give yeah. advice. But the real question is, what do you want to make? Yeah. If if the film that you want to make and your goal is to get an Academy Award-winning short, then that is probably a better idea. But you know, that would mean that on this other audience, you may have be more problematic for. It. Um, so understanding yeah. what your goal, and you yeah. should sort of think of that all the time. It's like, what am I trying to do with this short? What what is it? What is success for this short going to mean to me? But now, if I'm on the screenwriting stage, I actually have,
6: can choose whether I want the to short So, so my question to you is: uh, When you watch those self-insult short do you have a? Free
0: A favorite length. Do you have a favorite Link, length? length? And and so you were just saying, you know, you're in a screenwriting stage. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 20 minutes. It should just be as long as it takes to tell the story, yeah. the, con- yeah. the concise, tight, good story. If that's 20, it's 20. If it's 10, it's 10. But just focus on the story. Don't focus on the length. Don't think about the length. Just focus on telling the best story that you can. Here's yeah. what? Don't overanalyze. Sorry. Yeah. Don't
4: overanalyze. Like I was saying earlier. Just, yeah. It's that. I was just going to say that.
5: Here's what not to do is to say, I have this story. Re, then try to reverse engineer into like a story into 15 minutes don't do that right Just yeah. like let the story unfold Let the, let it have a natural start and a natural end and if it's too long we'll trim you know mm-hmm. get it to 15 if you really need it to get to 15 but if you if your story is 12 minutes and you're desperately trying to get it to 20 then you're just adding things to your story that you know, not they not. don't like, need to be there.
4: Yeah, there's not like the rules where it's got to fit within. It's, it, it's not a 10-minute film fest. You know, maybe it is, but and then make a 10-minute film. Yeah, just but you just, know, just don't. You don't have to try to cram it into a certain window. Just tell the story.
5: Yeah, just just tell the story. I think tell tell the best story that you can at the length that it needs to. Um, again, I made a 33-minute a film. Um, I did not think I was going to get into as many festivals as I did, um, but I, I had press and I had leverage with a with an actor. So, if you're going to make a long film, it better not just be good. I mean, it better. Knock the socks off of, of, of programmers and you know, or, or press point. or you know, an actor like, like we did. So, use all that to your advantage. Um, but, yes, you're right, that I've noticed that too. All the films that get Oscar nominated, they're 20 minutes, 25, and above, sometimes 30. Um, but you shouldn't go into it like saying, Well, I gotta make it 30 because I need that Oscar, yeah. <laughs> right? So, just be, be mindful of that, but let it be what it needs to be. I need that Oscar, that yeah. I need that tell Oscar.
0: You, just tell your story. We're gonna go over here and then we'll go back over here.
3: Like gold.
4: Yeah.
3: Yes. Animation is very hard. And, anime, and a, a, animation is probably the one that is... Um, I, I, for us, we have a, a three-minute to 25-minute time frame. That's sort our of thing. And the only time we'll break that time frame for the, the less is for an animated short. Because animated shorts are just freaking amazing.
4: They're unique.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's always a unique. If you've got like 25 films and three of them
4: are animated, you're, it, it's, you're, the way you look at the animated films is going to be... You're just looking at it with a different set of eyes because it's just, it's unique. You get a lot less yeah. animated submissions as
0: yeah. well because that, you know, it can take a year to make a three-minute animated short. So there's a lot less of them that come in. So your competition is less as well because there aren't as many other short animated films that are being submitted.
2: And generally, they're more fun to watch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are a lot of fun. Over here. Um, I have a question. Uh, writing, as
4: you mentioned editing. Um, like cutting you can always cut it later do you mean editing or did you mean in writing
5: and how
2: do you approach that yeah <laughs> yeah ask that anyone. sorry ask that i again Eddie,
5: i'm sorry I mean, cutting and editing or cutting when you're writing. So, cutting, cutting the writing or cutting, cutting the film once it's it done? Before you shoot after? You're yeah. going to do both no matter what. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Never just, lock your film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the, that saying, we've all heard it as filmmakers. Like, you make a movie, three, you write a movie three times in pre-production on the script, in production on set, and then post when you're editing, right? I... I don't subscribe to a minute a page. I think that's BS. To be honest, that never translates. Like if you have a 15-minute script, you'll yeah, end goodness. up having like a 20, 22-minute movie. Honestly, at that point, you start to just trim the fat and say what's absolutely like. If there are any redundancies in your edit, beats that have already been done or that are just too long, find a way to like montage it. Find a way to like just cut it completely. If it's not sacrificing your story, like just not collapsing it completely, then get rid of it. I had, to, I had to kill a lot of my darlings, and my, my first yeah. cut of Manosota was forty nine minutes, so I got it down to thirty three so I left a lot on the cutting room floor, but none the wiser you watch it, and you 'll think, well, the story was what it needed to be, but really, on the page,
4: <laughs> oh my God, it was full of this and that, and, you know it's, it, it could probably always be shorter, yeah. yeah yeah, by the way, like I worked in TV a lot before I started with film festival stuff in the, in the theater, and I just I started out as an editor, and I was cutting shows that like I had to fit like certain acts and like you know the the commercial breaks here, so this has got to be that. But, you know, the, the original cut was always longer. And it was, my always rule was, when I was editing, was, what am I going to miss this? So I would, you know, save that sequence, do another one, and then go back and watch them again. And at this six-minute one, did I miss the, anything in the nine-minute, or the six-minute from the nine-minute? Probably not. Or show it to people, Easy, too. Like, show,
5: show people the 10-minute version and the 15-minute version. And if in the 10-minute sure. version they feel they're missing something, yeah. well, then, you know, they... Yeah. Try to work it back in at like, find a happy middle ground, 10, 12, 13 minutes. See so what you are saying,
3: do. be willing to leave your baby at the fire. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Kill
5: your darlings. Kill your darlings. Yes. But
2: if you can find somebody else to edit your film, who's yeah. a good editor, yeah, because yeah. Oh. your natural inclination was, I got to have that dolly shot in because yeah. I stayed up all night making that happen.
0: Yeah.
4: And if oh, yeah. your editor says, that has to go, because you won't do it yourself. What shot are you talking about? Mm-hmm. The one that's really good, what shot is that? <laughs> the one that was like, it was a, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I just, that, they don't care. Yeah.
2: But really, it, it would make such a difference to bring somebody else in, another voice. It, yeah. And it's absolutely.
1: also, yeah, and it's also really important for I'm sure your
4: <laughs> <laughs> sports editor. <laughs> it's also
1: really important that the script is as strong as it can be before you go into production because you can't change a bad script in post-production. Yeah. So yeah. it's really important that you really you know, really work on it before you start shooting because it really is important to do that because they all know when they see it that the script needs to work.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're, we're pushing a little after 8 o'clock here. We'll do just a couple more. You guys good for a couple more questions before we wrap up? Yeah, all right. Um, I'm trying to hit all sides of the room here. So we'll go, <laughs> we'll go far corner and then we'll work our way. We'll try and work our way across a couple, a couple more. So, what advice would someone give to an aspiring filmmaker? I just couldn't hear everything you saying. Oh, without film school? Volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. What's the what's, what's what's path without film school? Well, I didn't go to film school at first when I started making I didn't stuff.
5: Merced. I didn't either. Yeah, I went to UT. I studied advertising because I was too chicken to major in, in film. I didn't think a Latino from Oak Cliff had any business making movies, and I did it. So, you know, you can too.
0: Yeah, you just, just start making it. I mean, even if you're just shooting it on a cell phone, just start making stuff and make as much as you can because the more you make, the better you get.
4: Go to events like this. Yeah. You know, and, wherever you live, yeah. you know, just try to network, get in the, find, find things that are happening locally. You know, again, keep going back to volunteer. I mean, you, you learn a lot by volunteering at a film festival if yeah. you're trying to get into film and you want your film to eventually be in a film festival.
2: And
3: That's I, where you're going to
4: learn, learn a lot. Yeah. You're learning on
3: the, the set. set. It does get exciting.
2: I should say, because I teach, going to film school is a good idea,
1: (laughs) and we have
3: some great ones in the area. So you can't do both. Yeah, but seriously, getting like uh, the film commission, they know what's happening in the city, but finding out what film sets are happening and interning or PA on a film set, you you can actually see equipment. You're going to work for free for a while, volunteering and stuff. Yeah, I
4: I interned um, when I was in college at a production company, and I literally don't know what I would have done if I didn't. And I I say this, Brock's heard me say this story like a thousand times, he's annoyed by it by now. But uh, every time we go to speak to any kind of career thing at North Texas where we both went, if I didn't intern for free in like the early 2000s and drive from Denton to Dallas all the time to go to this production house, I literally have no idea where I would have ended up in the industry. I knew what I wanted to do, but I had no idea how to get there. And I just told this company I would help them for free and they took me in, hired me after college, and I worked there for like seven years before I went freelance. Like it was. I did
5: the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I interned at a company in Austin called Revelator. I begged them, I said, just yeah. don't pay me anything. I just want to be your production intern. That led to a development internship. And then that led me to work at AMS Pictures here in Dallas for uh, two years as a production coordinator. Nobody
4: complains about free help. Like they will never You can be terrible at it. Yep. And if you're not a jerk, they're going to keep asking you to come back because you're just doing the job that we asked you to do. It doesn't matter if you didn't know it. If you tell them you don't know it, they're not going to get mad at you. I mean,. Yeah. We're all humans. Like, you know, we, we have interns, I have interns, we had interns at the Texas theater and you know, I'm not going to get mad at a volunteer who just didn't know what they were doing during the film festival. I'll try to tell them what they should have done. But I mean, if you, if you ask for help to to help somebody for free, they're not going to say no.
0: Yeah. Not just film festivals, but jobs, careers. When I've been in the position to hire people many times over the years, I'd rather hire somebody with a great attitude and no experience then a ton of experience and a bad attitude all day long. Yeah.
4: We just that this career Kickstarter thing that Brock and I were at at UNT. I told the little group we had, I said, if you, if, if, if I'm talking to like two guys or girls or whatever that are like really like one's an awesome audio tech and they're great at holding a boom, mic and one doesn't know shit, but the one who's great is an ass. I'm never going to call that one again. I'd just rather teach the one who's nice. Yeah. Like I'd rather teach them how to do it because yeah. they're just a good person. So it <laughs> goes back to just being not a jerk. Yes. You know? It's a lot of life. It's yeah. not being a jerk. So, it's not just how to get your short film into film
0: festivals. This is life lessons, panel yeah.
4: today as well. <laughs> <laughs> life life lessons from the film. Like, <laughs> like what not to say, what not to do, show up on time. Yeah. You know, show favorite. up early. Yeah. Um, yes.
3: Um, I, know,
2: I know the
3: whole thing about knowing the audience marketing, but I ask you for advice. Which one is better, an pg 13 film
2: or a read film? Or better yet, an r all rated film?
0: For submitting to, so are you something you're creating, or? P.G. 13 is you
4: know. We are. Like,
3: like submitting
4: your book, no, like, which one is <laughs> most likely to be chosen? A read-off
0: <laughs> oh. or a P.G. Sure. film? Sure. Well, first, short films don't typically have ratings, but I guess you're giving it a comparative. If it did have a rating, it would be P.G. 13 yeah, or R. Our... Because you
6: have to know your audience. Like, sure. What type of people are watching your films, <laughs> you know?
0: And again, I think that kind of goes back to, sometimes depends on fit, um, fit for the festival. We have a oh, yeah. feature film at Sunscreen this year that's uh, was shot in Ibiza, and it's a really great dramatic film. It's got nudity in it, and so we're gonna play it even though it has nudity, but you know, let everybody know, hey, there's nudity in this film before you, know, before you go in. So festivals will kind of maybe give a warning, hey, this short film block, you know, it's a horror block, and it's, maybe it's pretty gory, maybe you don't want your little kids coming in. So again, Make the film that you want to make, and then see what the fit is for... Well,
6: so this question actually brings me up a question I have for you guys. Like, a lot of the films we play in film festivals, features and shorts, are not rated or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, should we be giving warnings about everything we're showing or assuming that it's all rated TG or rated, at, you know, NT-17? I mean, it, from the Oakland Film Festival's perspective... Unless it's something very extreme, we don't really say we don't give any warnings. I just don't know what to expect. Uh, we don't give every, yeah. we we we've given warnings on stuff that's pretty racy. We're giving
4: a warning on a film probably this maybe this year, right? If
6: we play that one, yeah, yeah for sure. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I,
4: thought, I thought it was locked there. Uh, <laughs>
3: But uh, but I'm am actually curious from from James yeah, and Bart's we, perspective. Uh, we 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 do. It's funny. We'll go through every film, and we will put um, it's kind of funny uh, and my ceo is here and she'll go what i go yeah there'll be a mature label on probably like 75 percent of the things in the festival it's just that way we, we, we have a family section sometimes that's for family films but everything else it's it's one of those things where you don't know who you might offend so it's a cya situation right. for us sometimes like you know what before i get that letter, i'm just gonna go ahead and put this on there. it's not going to deter anybody from coming in technically, because it's kind of small enough to the side, but it's there, just, oh, yeah, well, we told you there was going to be some beheading nudity going on in this. Babies, guns. But I mean, it's usually, it's
0: you know, it's it's know usually it. an adult audience, right? You know, yeah. it's, you don't have a lot of kids that usually
4: attend yeah. film no, no,
3: festivals, yeah, exactly. so. They don't drink, so we don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if
4: you program it on, like, Sunday afternoon, like, you and I were talking about this earlier, like, you know, if you program it Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, you're probably not going to Right, you are probably not going to see
0: the sex. Yeah, that's why you'll see a lot of festivals have like a late <laughs> night section. You know, yeah. this is the after hours section. Yeah. You know, the after hours section is going to be, you know, a little darker, a little more twisted, a little more whatever it might be. You know, our.
1: Well, I currently work on a film which has a full frontal suicide. And there's certain festivals who just said, our audience cannot take this. And there are some that, oh, this is great, you know, put it in the midnight shorts block. Um, and some put a warning above. Before the film, sorry, saying if you're, it contains very sensitive issues and it could be disturbing to some viewers if they have to leave.
2: So yeah, so if you're thinking of wanting to be in as many festivals as possible, I think having more of those issues might limit you from some places. And like for my TV show Frame of Mind, it's on public television. There's no way I could run that. I would have to like keep editing all that audio out. So, so, but just if you're trying to get as broad as possible, like, I would not do that. But if you think the film that you want to make will play at late night programs and other festivals, and that's who you are, that you want that to fit that, by all means, that's what you should do.
1: Yeah. And that film I just mentioned, we had several distribution deals for it, but we can't go ahead with them because YouTube do not allow that kind of content, the same as sexual content as well. So at the minute I'm trying to say to the director, can you please maybe edit around it? But he's like, well, it's my vision, so. No,
2: they're kind so censoring, but I understand. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Sure. good. All right, we'll do one, one more right here, and then we'll, then we'll wrap it up.
5: Uh, my question uh, specifically is um, having to do a little bit more copyright. So it's, it's not like, like uh, using another intellectual property as like, the baseline of your
2: story, but using a story like, uh,
5: say, Sherlock Holmes series, like based on that kind of like Saint novels or that film specifically, uh, would the could stories like that make it into the film, uh, in, film festivals and or for um, the film freeway uh, and how would they fare against other.
0: So if you made like a Sherlock Holmes short film, film yeah, basically
5: any story, any story like either novel based or um, like a story that's like I guess we consider in the journalistic term Evergreen, that.
0: I think that goes back, we're all like, uh, so it goes back to I, one of those things you still have to see it again, right? Like, it's hard to say, uh, theoretically, this film will or won't. If you're asking, you know, will copyright law, would it be allowed to be into a festival? I mean, festivals can kind of play whatever they want. You know? Well, I think if you're asking but,
6: if something is public domain or not, or if it has to be yeah, cleared. Yeah. Uh, in general, if you're, even if you're making a film that's not gonna be distributed by Warner Brothers, when you submit it to us, you actually, you know, when you, if we accept your film, you actually sign something that say you've cleared everything in your film. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna probably ask you for your clearances. Uh, but you know, if you've got a Weezer song in the opening title and your movie looks like it cost 500 bucks, I might yeah. be like, eh, <laughs> I don't know if they cleared this. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, you should clear you should clear your movie uh, music and your story. Uh, if Sherlock Holmes is PD, maybe
0: it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, music, uh, music, is usually okay. the big one more so than yeah. there's a lot. There are so many short films I've seen based off of Edgar Allan Poe stories, yeah. and that happens all the time. People are. I would
3: say for us though, I mean, if you're doing a specific. Like, if you're doing a Sherlock Holmes story, I mean, you're, I mean, it better start like, you know, I don't know, a trans dog or something. I don't know. I just... I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm I going to play something that you could read about. Oh, <laughs> that <film. maybe. laughs> yeah, That's
6: film. Yeah. you got that one, I'll yeah, take that one. You got you got the uh, the, the Spanish-language,
0: yeah, black-and-white yeah. Sherlock Holmes version of it. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. But that yeah.
3: Might, it's got to be something... Yeah. Like, if you're doing a straight cis thing, I'm, like, going to go... Uh, if you do it as a parody,
2: then that is legal, Yeah. right? So, there are sure. ways to work around that. Also, you should learn about fair use and what is fair yeah. use. Have and you like, ever seen South Park? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you should realize this like, why give a festival a chance to say no to your film because they think exactly. it might not be copyrighted? And yeah. It might not be clear. Yeah, do that homework
5: before, man. I mean, I've had to clear several songs with Universal and Song Inc. before I did with Minos Snow, and it's it's a pain Yeah.
6: the I mean, there is such a thing, if you want to get in the weeds, this is a pol- pol- the whole thing about. Festival clearance for yeah. music. Yeah. But we're, yeah. I don't, that's not the topic yeah. of this conversation, but that is a thing. We yeah. will be
0: talking about music next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here at the Texas Theater yeah. at 6.30 p.m.
6: But we just showed, side note, we just showed a film <laughs> at the Texas Theater with a documentary locally made, and we showed a rough cut of it, very clearly noted a few years ago, and it took him four years to clear the music. Rough. And, yes, the then, and then we showed it again. <laughs> I think I knew that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the Stevie Ray Vaughn movie, sure. and which, oh, he, which has, yeah. Stevie Ray you know, it has all the people in it, so you assume they cleared the music, but it's, that's complicated music to clear. Yeah, it's very complicated. Uh, so anyway, that wasn't yeah. your question specifically, but copyright, yes, you should clear everything.
4: Just right. don't, I mean, you don't want the film vessel to do any work, and like, yeah. we don't need to research if we could use it or not, or if you should use it. Like, that's what you, you should do. Don't give us a reason not to take your film. Yeah. Right, that's the
2: key, yeah.
0: Well, let's give the uh, panelists a round of applause here. And that wraps up another episode of the Dallas Film Commission podcast. We hope you enjoyed this behind the scenes journey. We'd like to express our gratitude to our incredible guests who shared their valuable insights and stories with us and all of you, whether you're a budding filmmaker, an old pro or a movie enthusiast. Dallas is a place where we make things happen. Be sure to visit the Dallas Film Commission's website for more information, resources, and opportunities to get involved in this thriving industry. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for more episodes filled with great guests, inspiring stories, and industry secrets. And cut.